in the Lord your God for he had given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month 
and the floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. Amen. He says, I will give you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. He says, the floors will be full of wheat and the vats will overflow with wine and oil. He says, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army I sent amongst you. And so you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord. For he had dealt wondrously with you. My people shall never be ashamed. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. That I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Amen. Amen. I, I declare over your life today. You will never be ashamed. Come on. Amen. Won't you speak to your neighbor says, that's the promise of the Lord. You will never be ashamed. Amen. And then he, he goes in and he says, I will restore the years. Amen. That means everything that has been destroyed and taken from you, God says, not only am I just restoring to you what was taken, but I'm restoring to you the years. Amen. And then he comes in and he says, and you shall eat in plenty. And be satisfied. Amen. Amen. How many of you say my vats are overflowing? Amen. My floor are full of wheat. Amen. Amen. That means we're coming into that season where we would experience the abundance of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Speak to your neighbor and says, I'm trusting God for my overflow. I'm trusting God. For my overflow. Amen. I declare that in this year that I am going to live in the overflow of God's blessings for my life. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Father, we bless you. We call those things that are not as though they are in the name of Jesus. We declare that in this year there will be an overflow in our lives. There will be, oh God, an overflowing. I thank you for a spirit of restoration. I thank you that you are restoring all things in the name of Jesus. You are restoring all things. You are restoring all things that have been stolen, that has been illegally and illegitimately taken from the lives of your people. You are restoring health. You are restoring prosperity. You are restoring favor. You are restoring grace. You are restoring joy. You are restoring the peace of God. In the name of Jesus, you are the restorer. In the name of Jesus, you are the restorer. In the name so this morning we declare the shalom of God over your life that you would walk and live in the peace of God that there will be nothing lost nothing broken 
but you will live in the favor of the Lord. So bless your people this morning as we worship, as we praise you. We praise you from the vantage point of knowing who we are. Knowing that we're going to recover it all. We're going to recover it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Won't you give God a praise offering? Welcome. Amen. Let's just enjoy the time in God's presence. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise in the Oh man, come on. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. And this is what we're doing this morning. Come on, put your hands together. Yeah, yeah.
on hallelujah hallelujah oh we praise your name father oh thank you jesus if it wasn't for you lord where would we have been father because when we think about those moments lord when we think about those days and how you turn us around hallelujah oh when there seemed to be no hope god but when you came in lord you turned things around oh father
about the Lord, about His goodness, about His love, about His mercy, how He showed up in your life. I pray that this morning you can give Him worship. morning we as we prepare ourselves to partake of the table of the Lord this morning we understand that it's a table of victory we understand it's a table of triumph but we understand that it's a table of covenant so father I pray in the lives of your people that victory will be made manifest you will give them triumph over every obstacle, every difficulty. They would understand covenant, covenant with God, covenant with your house, covenant with your, your, your sons and daughters, their brothers and sisters in the Lord. That we understand today that we are not standing alone. So this morning, if you are in the house and you're saying, God, I just need a touch from you over my physical body. I know there are some that are not here that are not well in body and we're going to stand proxy for them and we're going to trust God that God will touch and heal. That we declare that every negative report God is canceling out. Every condition, God is healing right now. Cardiac conditions, God is healing. Irregular heartbeats and irregular rhythms, God is beginning to align. In the name of Jesus, Karabasata. If you are unwell in body, raise your hands where you are, where you are. Raise your left hand, place your right hand over your chest. And they say, Lord, I'm trusting you over your heart. Say, Lord, I'm coming in agreement in a point of faith. You may be dealing with a negative report. You may be dealing with a difficulty in your life. Right now, Father, respiratory illnesses oh God I pray oh God that congestions are healed 
Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, they'll be able to breathe easily. Every infection of the lungs, right now in the name of Jesus. Circulation issues, joint pains in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, swelling in the joints right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we call upon emotional challenges. that affect your mental well-being today every anxiety every fear Lord fears has no place fears not your your future he is you are hid in Christ when Christ is revealed you will be also greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. So today we speak over your, the bodies of your sons and daughters that you're a God that heals. You're a God that touches. And what you start, you complete. What you start, you complete. What you start, you complete. That so, Father, I pray they are, com they are coming on the other side of this illness they're coming on the other side of this medical condition father i pray today they're gonna there's a testimony that is breaking out how god is showing up for those that are joining us online i pray that god will visit you in your home in in the room wherever you are right now that the presence of the lord impossible with you bless your sons and daughters we pray in Jesus name heal them you said you sent your word and you healed all of their sicknesses and all of their disease so we speak to the bodies of your sons and daughters respond to the word of the Lord respond to the word of the Lord that says by your stripes they are healed in Jesus name Amen and amen, amen. This morning we're going to partake of the table of the Lord, amen. And at the table of the Lord, it's a, it's a table of blessing, amen. It's a table of restoration. It's a table of provisions, amen. Amen. So we pray today that the, the, the Bible says, in the day in which he was betrayed, he took the cup and he says, take this cup as a new testament in my blood. And then he says, take the bread. This is my body which is broken for you. And so we pray that God will heal, that God will touch. But more than anything else, we would experience the grace and the favor of the Lord. So Father, today, 
I pray over the lives of your people. I pray over these emblems today, this cup and this bread. As we partake of it, we do show the Lord's death till he comes. But we also believe today that everything that your sons and daughters are trusting you for, show up, Lord. Let there be a supernatural manifestation of the grace, the power of God at work in their lives. So I speak victory. I speak breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. They're going to serve you the table and we'll partake of it together. Amen.
partake of the table of the Lord today. We understand that it's a table of victory, triumph, covenant. But today we understand, O oh God, that you say as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do show the Lord's death till he comes. But not only that, but we understand that he died and he rose again. Thank you, O oh God, for ascension power. Thank you for resurrection power in our lives. Because you rose, we can also rise even out of the circumstances of our lives. But we thank you as well that there's a promise. You said you will not partake of this table again till you partake of it anew in your kingdom. So there's a promise that you are coming back again. And so we have and we hold on to that blessed promise that we will see you again. So minister to your sons and daughters, whatever they are trusting you for, whatever breakthrough, whatever challenge, whatever, oh God, they bring before you, show up on their behalf. Let the power of God be at work in their lives. This we ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. You may partake of the emblems. Pass your cups down to the left-hand side of the row, and uh, Amen, Amen, Amen. Cohen, you're gonna collect it, Amen. Bless the Lord, Amen. Thanks to the worship team. Our Sunday school may also leave, Amen. Bless the Lord, Amen, Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. It's good to have all of you here in the house of the Lord together with us. Amen. And uh, this morning is a, uh, there's a special 
we got to do a baby dedication. Amen. It's always exciting to do a baby dedication. And so we thank God for the opportunity to dedicate the baby of Prishen and Celicia. Amen. To the Lord. So I'm going to ask them to come up. and Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. Baby dedications are always exciting. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Everyone went in quiet. As, uh, it felt if uh, that everyone went home. Amen. 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 So it's exciting this morning to, to join together with Prishen and, and Salisha in dedicating baby to the Lord. Amen. 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 And... Amen. So we, we, I want to just encourage you that, the, you know, the Bible encourages us to bring children to the Lord. Amen. And it encourages not only the parents to raise children up in the ways of the Lord, but as a church and as a community of believers also to take responsibility for raising up people, uh, the children in the ways of the Lord. So a dedication service is threefold. Firstly, we give thanks to God. For baby Malaya, amen, and we also for her creation and for her birth. But secondly, we make a solemn promise as parents and as a church to raise her up in the ways of the Lord, amen. And and thirdly, we pray the blessings of the Lord upon her so that when she gets to the age when of understanding, she'll be able to make a decision for salvation on her own. Now, the scripture that uh, I wanted to read is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 7, it says, Yea, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children while you talk to them, while you sit down in your house, when you walk along the way, when you lay down, and when you rise. Amen. Now, we understand that raising up a child is, they don't come with manuals, amen. They don't come with, you know, with, with instructions. But the one thing that comes with, the Bible gives us, it says, develop them, raise them up in the ways of the Lord, amen. And then he says, teach. Teaching is an active responsibility. That means it's a deliberate action. Not only for the parents, it's for all of us that are here today that we have a responsibility to teach. And it says, how do you teach? You don't teach by saying, sit down and listen. You know, children don't respond to that. Amen. You didn't respond, so they don't respond as well to the same thing. But how do you teach? You teach as you walk, as you sit, as you lay down. That means in every action that you do, it's a teaching. Everything that you say is a teaching. Everything that you do is a teaching. So we have to understand that the greatest teachings that we do as parents is not by what we say. You know, sometimes we say, do what we say, but don't do what we do. And you often do what you do and not what you say, isn't it? So the challenge is that we raise them up in the ways of the Lord. So we understand that that children are a gift from the Lord. Amen. That's the, that's the scripture, right? 
that children are a heritage of the Lord and a reward. Amen. And so this is one of the scriptures that the Lord has given the parents for baby Malaya, Ava. Amen. Pele. Amen. So um, I'm looking at all the spelling and, uh, and Annie says, don't pronounce how you see it. Amen. Uh, so, amen. They're, they're, amen. So we thank God for this. And we pray today that the blessings of the Lord. Now, I believe that every child carries in them purpose. Every child in, carries in them a potential to fulfill God's assignment on the earth. They are gifts to you, but they're also gifts from the Lord. Amen? That means when you say something is a gift from the Lord, when someone gives you a gift with it, they present to you an opportunity to do something more. And in her is an opportunity to do something great. I pray that God will increase her in wisdom. I pray that will be the prophetic destiny of her, that she would have wisdom. But she, I see her as one that has boldness and an ability to communicate. And more than that, I see God beginning to use that gift in her, that not only for his kingdom, but even in the marketplace. That I pray today that you would see it even in years to come. Develop. Develop that, you know, develop her ability to communicate, develop her ability to stand strong, because I believe even in a career, she'll be a, a, a young lady of strength. Amen. There'll be, you know, like, like, like Deborah was a judge in her day. You know, sometimes we don't understand all the, the female, uh, you know, uh, persons, but God used her also. She was a judge in Israel. But she was also someone that spoke, even as the voice of God. And I believe that's the capacity that she carries the spirit of Deborah. Amen? Someone that God can speak to. Amen. Come, can we stand together as a church as we agree together to, in prayer? Amen. We're going to turn to a few scriptures today. Okay, I'm back. Amen. 
Amen. I've entitled the message that I want to share with you, Time is in His Hands. Amen. Time is in God's hands. Amen. Now, I'm going to share with you some truths of how God sees time and how we see time. And now, yesterday we took a walk and, um, and uh, whilst we were walking, I, I had a thought and I said the thought as we started off the walk. And the thought that I shared was, I said, you know, the reality is the scripture says the days of man are numbered. Is it? And that means there is a starting point of our lives and there's an ending point of our lives. Our days are numbered. So anything we do in between, does it change the starting point or the ending point? Now, maybe subconsciously I was making a case for not walking. Right? But in that same moment, the Lord also arrested me. And it says, how you treat your body will determine how you live between the starting point and the ending. So that brought balance, so I carried on walking. <laughs> right? I've often had a thought. When I was young, I used to be a lot sporty. You know, I used to run and do long distance running and play all the different sports. I think that's why you remain thin. Right? But as I got older, I couldn't understand the reason to go from one point to the other because or run and come back to the same point. Because you could tweak the car and do the same thing. <laughs> you understand? But then I realized driving the car doesn't produce what I need for the rest of my life. Okay. So for everybody that makes an excuse not to exercise and not to take care, the Bible is not the excuse. It says, the Bible says that little exercise, the, uh, bodily exercise profited little. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Because the quality of your living on the earth is important. But let's go to Psalm chapter 90 verse 10. It says, the days of your years are three score and ten. That's 70 years. A score is 20 years. Right? So three scores and ten is 70 years. And by reason of strength, they are four score years. Yet in their strength, labor and sorrow, for it will soon be cut off and will fly away. Psalm 90 verses 12 says, So teach us, Lord, how to number our days, so that we will apply our hearts to wisdom. I want you to understand today that in living, in life, we have to learn how to number our days. That means make every day count. Don't maintain, don't go through the routine of life, 
but make every day count. Live every day purposefully. Live every day deliberately. Amen? Don't live by accident. Don't live and say, oh, okay, another day. Live gratefully. Because the moment you, that you don't have the days, you'll... It's a moment too late. Amen? So this is the important. Now, I've learned one thing, that life on earth has to do with priorities, perspective, and purpose. I want you to look at how do we view time. The Bible says, in the book, or uh, uh, later in, in Scripture, it says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days in which we live are evil. Now I want you, you in the back to help me to put up the scriptures. The important part of it is that the Bible says, walk circumspectly. That means you got to analyze, you got to evaluate how am I living my life? And then he says, don't walk as fools, but walk as those that are wise. Amen? Again, the second part. When God talks about the life of man, he relates it to having wisdom. He doesn't talk about you living accidentally. He talks about you living deliberately. Amen? Now, there's a difference between living and existing, right? Sometimes, some of us have adopted an attitude of existing. Some of us have also adopted the attitude of living in the moment. Amen? But we, we as believers live understanding with purpose. That means we don't exist. We don't live in the moment. We live with purpose. Because purpose directs and informs how I live. If you understand purpose and you understand your assignment, you will be changed. So when I say, make the statement, life and time on the earth has to do with priority, perspective, and purpose. That means all of us have to live our lives understanding priorities. Amen? Now, many of us don't live our lives with different priorities. And whatever is your frame or your worldview in terms of priority, it will inform your actions. So whatever you prioritize will inform how you live. Amen? How you spend your time. How you manage your time. It tells me what your priority is, what you value. When you talk about priority, it's attached to value. Amen? And when it talks about it, it then tells me also about your perspective. That means it talks about how you view life and how you view the world that you live in. But then it also tells me how you understand purpose. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 Starts from verses 1 and it says, there's a time and a season for everything. Yes. 
right? And it goes and it lists a whole lot of things. There's a time and a season for everything. And I want you to understand, in your life, you have to understand the time and the season that you're in. When you're younger, your perspective on life is different as you get to your, th your late 30s and your 40s. It changes. And then it changes when you get to your mid-50s and your 60s. Your perspective changes. Your outlook on life changes. Is it? Some of you are looking at me there. Okay. It does. But let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 11. So we know there's a time and season for everything. There's a time to, born, to be born, the time to die. It, tells, talk, it talks about time for everything. Time for crying. Time for laughter. A whole lot of things. But verses 11 says, He had made all things beautiful in his time. Ah. You see, the problem with us, we live in the moment. And sometimes the moment is negative. And we feel that all of life is negative. You cannot view life from the vantage point of a current experience. If it's happy, you can't live the, 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 from the vantage point of happiness. Because there is, the seasons will change. And if, you're, if you live seasonally, you know, we dress seasonally, right? Devin, you're not so much, you know, you, you don't change so much of our dressing, right? Maybe the colors, maybe we pull out our jars, you know, and our jackets and our coats and overcoats, and we act like it's freezing, <laughs> right? Maybe because we want to use it. But the reality is sometimes it's not as cold. But the Bible says he makes everything beautiful in his time. But then it goes on, it says, and he also has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor is a gift of the Lord. So you enjoying the blessings of the Lord is a gift of the Lord. You enjoying the fruit of your labor is a gift from the Lord. All, and also that every man should eat and drink and, uh, oh, oh, sorry, I went, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can put an end to it. Or anything can be taken from it. So nothing can be put to it. Nothing can be taken from it. And God doeth it. And it is men that should fear before him. Which is, that which has been is now. That which has to be has already been. Ah. God required, required that which is past. Now, you've got to look at the scripture and see how God views time. That which has been is now. That which will be has already been. I mean, he's saying the future has already been. 
Why? We say it. He's the Alpha and Omega. He sees the end from the beginning. Remember, God's perspective on time, he looks at time from a perspective of eternity. He doesn't look at time from our chronological understanding of time. The number of man's days is three score and ten. Seventy. But he's the ancient of days. All existent one. Before the earth and the world was, he was. So he is he, he's, he's coming into that place where he's showing us that there is a different perspective on time. And it really informs us on how to live. Now, I wanted to read the same portion of scripture. Just allow me just a moment. We're going to go again to Ecclesiastes. And some of you would have already had the NIV version. And it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has set eternity in the heart, in the human heart. No one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. He has set eternity in the human heart. It is God's desire that we will have an, a perspective of life from the vantage point of eternity. That we would live in the earth from the vantage point of eternity. He, that's why he says he's put eternity in our hearts and yet man still cannot fathom the end from the beginning. It says that there are other perspectives that are informing us so much so that it clouds this. He goes, he goes on and, 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 and he tells us, you know, the, 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 there are secrets to the wisdom of God. There are depths of his counsel, heights and lengths and breadths and of his holiness. He, he, he goes on to say to us uh, uh, in the book of, uh, uh, of Job and in the book of Proverbs, he goes on to say that in, in, he gives wisdom like the wisdom he gave to Solomon that signifies that there is an understanding of substance and essence of who we are that is created in him. But the point is, he says, I placed eternity in your heart. Inside of all of mankind is a yearning to discover eternity because we've been created for it. Let's go to the, the most familiar portion of scripture in, in the Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not but have ah. he equates salvation to producing eternal life what was God always emphasizing we emphasize the salvation part of it God so loved the world, he gave. 
But we also understand what did he, why did he give his son? Not to produce a way for us to get to heaven. He produced a, a, an ability for us to have eternal life. He has set eternity in the hearts of men. And so in salvation, we respond to that call of eternity inside of us. You know what it does? When you have a perspective of eternity, it shifts how you live. That means you're not living to escape. You're not living to exist. You are not living to maintain. Because there's no end to this thing. We live to escape. If we have poverty, someday it'll be over. There'll be no more crying there. No more dying there. No more suffering there. Is it? If we live in pain, there's an escape. Because the vantage point that informs our living is temporal. But if your vantage point of living is eternity, you'll have to have a totally new respect to say, whatever I do informs eternity. And whatever the eternity will be, is it an eternity with God or an eternity without God? Is it a time with God or is it a time without God? He's coming to the place and he says, you, you yearn for eternity. With whatever we do, we have to keep this in mind. So he comes in and he says, we were saved to enjoy the gift of life. Go with me to the book of, of Psalms, chapter 8. Mankind was created in the image of God, right? That means, Genesis says that, right? Let us make man and in our image and in our likeness. So he says, we were made in the image of God. That means to bear the likeness of God, the essence of God, the nature of God. That's what we were created to be, right? That means when God created man, how did he create man? He formed him out of the dust of the earth. And then the Bible says, and he blew into man the breath of God. When you put your air out of your lungs into something else, into a balloon. When God breathed into Adam, what was happening? All that was in God comes into Adam. His essence, his nature, his likeness, his spirit, he breathes into Adam. So when, when we, we understand this breathing of God into Adam, we understand how we are all, we have received part of it. When Adam looks at God, when Adam's eyes open, he's looking into the eyes of God. How do you breathe into something? You can't far. He's breathing into it 
the breath of God. So it, it's almost as the image is God knelt down. Breathed into the dust of the earth. And it became man. And when Adam's eyes open, he sees God. Scripture goes on to say that Adam was clothed. In that moment, Adam is clothed with the glory of God. How do I know this? Because the Bible says when Adam sins, yeah. Yeah. what happens? He realizes that he's naked. Yeah. Yes. Sin removes the glory. Yeah. Yeah. The glory that was clothing Adam, Adam loses yeah. in, as a result of sin. Therefore, it is God's desire to bring back his glory yeah. to his yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. How does he bring it back? Through salvation. Yes. Through right standing with God. But then he comes in and he says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, yeah. the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of them, or the son of man that you visited him? Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. You have made him a little lower than the angels. The, 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 even that scripture doesn't make sense because in the original text, it doesn't say angels. Yeah. It says Elohim. Elohim, mm -hmm. Elohim is God. You have made them a little lower than God. You have crowned them with glory and honor. Why do I say this? Understand, we were not made lower than angels. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says, because later in the scriptures, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, it says, do you not know that you will judge angels? Yes. Yeah. 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 You cannot judge something that you are lower, lower yeah. than. Yeah. The scripture says, you have been created a little lower than Elohim. Yeah. But then he comes in and he says, if you consider the heavens, the earth, and all of creation, mm. he says, none of it compares yes. yeah. to the creation of man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. God is saying, Psalmist David is capturing and he talks about how manifest yes. is your works. How manifold is your works? Yeah. How, the, how great is the works of the Lord? Yeah. But he comes and he says, all of this yeah. Yeah. doesn't compare yeah. to man. Yeah. Man was created to rule over creation. Yeah. That's why when the, when the psalmist David comes in and he says, who is man that you are mindful of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or the son of man that you visit him? Yeah. He, he came in and he says, God, out of all of creation, you choose to commune with man. Yeah. I want you to understand this. God has put eternity in our hearts. And he responds to a part of how he, how he lives in us. Why would God choose to come and commune with man? Because man carries in him the very essence, the nature of God. Amen. Amen. Then he comes in in, in, in Joel chapter 2 verse 23. <clears throat> he talks about how man has been created with the ability to bring <coughs> eternity into the earthly realm. Amen. We read this portion of scripture 
He talks about, I will restore the years which the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, the great army that has come amongst you. He says, I will restore the years. He says, a man was created with the ability to bring eternity into the earth realm. This seems like a stretch. But when he comes in and he says, I will restore the years. Mm. God is not saying, I will restore only what was taken. He says that was the, the, you know, the locust, the canker worm, caterpillar, the palmer worm has destroyed. I'm going to restore that. But he said, not only that, I'm going to restore time. The only one that is able to restore time. Mm. You see, even long before there was marvel, and Flash found an alternate universe. Now all the superheroes got alternate universe. Okay, for some of you will understand. For the others, you have to watch some superheroes. Right? But, but, far before this, God says, I've created a spiritual capacity in man. That is limitless. He gives man the ability to engage with the heavens and impact the earth in a transformative way. In scripture he says, I will restore the years, I will restore time. How can he restore time? He is operating outside of time. Yes. The only way you can engage, have authority over something is when you operate outside the ambit of the thing you change. He's operating from a perspective of time that is eternal. And And eternity is informing how time operates. Therefore, God can show up in your life. And the things that were lost as if it never got lost. And the time that you thought you lost, you never lost. You see, some of you have experienced some years of challenges, some years of negative experiences. And God is saying to you, in a moment, I can restore the years. Oh, hallelujah. May the Lord restore the years. You see, sometimes there are certain behavior that may have stolen some years from your marriage, stolen some years from your life. You you, you may have went out of the will of God and and in that time you found yourself wandering in the world and it felt like all of my friends and all of my colleagues and all of my family, everyone has moved ahead and I'm now in the backseat of everything. But in a moment when you engage with God, God shows up in your life and the years that you thought you lost because of poor decisions, all of a sudden God restores it. What took people years to accomplish, you can accomplish in days and weeks. Amen? He says, I restore the years. I'm here to say to you, God can step out of eternity into time and influence 
the events of time and redress the, 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 the events of time by His, by His grace. <clears throat> you see, the problem with us is that God can use eternity to influence Kairos yeah. or create a Kairos, a God-appointed. That's what Kairos means, yeah. God-appointed time. And in a moment, influence Kronos. Yeah. Yeah. Chronological time. Yeah. Yes. We live in chronos, yeah. chronological time. That means we live days, months, years. Yeah. That's why it's important to celebrate your birthday. <laughs> the days are numbered. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't like celebrating the birthday. Yeah. But when other people don't celebrate them, they get angry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another year. It's another, it's a number. No celebrating. Yeah. The, the, the reality is, the Bible says the glory of, uh, you know, of old man is his gray hair. Mm. Wisdom. Hey. Enjoy it. Can't change it. Gold black. <laughs> Amen. We can't die. We can't stencil it, you know. I, as much as I want hair on my head, I'm not going to draw it. <laughs> Neither am I going to tattoo it. <laughs> Amen. I got to understand it's gone. <clears throat> so has time gone? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Time is going. Yeah. Yeah. The other day I'm sitting and thinking, you. When I thought other people were fifty, I thought they were old. <laughs> Now everywhere I go, they call you uncle. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you go to some of the shops, they say, Dad, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can carry it still. <laughs> so you've got to understand, God is stepping out of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. God has set eternity in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Given us an internal capacity to contain this limitlessness so that we can transform life. How do I know this? Consider Joshua. Go with me to Joshua chapter 10, verses 12. And then spoke Joshua to the Lord in that day. When the Lord delivered up the Amorites, before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, the sun stand thou still upon Gibeon, and the moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon the enemies. Amen? It is not written in the book of Joshua. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and has not gone down the whole day. And there was no day like that before or after it. That the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. Hear this? Lord, the Lord listened to the voice of a man. Yes that carries eternity in his yeah, heart yes. and understood yes. 
that God, he understood a dimension of God. And in that moment, Joshua accessed a dimension of God. It is what we sing about touching heaven, changing earth. It's what we sing as it is in heaven, so let it be on the earth. As we make the prayer in the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. He's saying, I'm accessing a dimension of glory and I'm bringing it down into the earth. Time as we know it can change. If our perspective changes. Joshua, he said to the Lord, let the sun stand still. Hey, when the sun stands still, Every, all of the planets revolve around the sun. So when he said the sun, he didn't say earth stands still. Yeah, yes. He said the sun stands still. Yeah. When the sun stands still, all of the planets stayed in orbit. Yes. 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 Stood still in its orbit for 24 hours. Yeah. It understood how to respond. Yeah. Because eternity is out of space and time. Mm -hmm. But he brings it in. We can bring eternity into the present mm -hmm. and inform us yeah. how to respond. Why? God was vanquishing an enemy. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Yes. He was dealing with an enemy. Yeah. He could you could have said he could come tomorrow mm -hmm. and continue the fight. Yeah. Or he could continue fighting whether at night or day. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. He's yeah. still fighting. Yeah. But he was beginning to demonstrate mm. the inter the, 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 how God shows up and manifests in the affairs of man. Mm. The sun doesn't go down. Yeah. Doesn't move. Stays in place. 24 hours till the enemy is vanquished. You know what? Why this happened? Joshua is having victory after victory. Mm. Gibeon makes peace with Joshua. And Gibeon was a, a large uh, country. So the other Amorites got five other nations to say, why is Gibeon making peace with Joshua? It's making it harder for us to fight him. Because it means that we also have to be at peace with him. So the five nations decide we're going to come together and we're going to fight the Israelites. But we're going to attack Gibeon because they are lying to him. And in that way, we will now assert our authority over Israel. So when he fights, he's not fighting that. He's fighting the agendas of other armies that will rise up even in the future. I'm here to say to you today, you see, sometimes we want to fight the thing immediately in front of us. But we're not understanding there are other things, other agendas that are attached to it. Yeah, yeah. But if you understand the technology of heaven right. and have the discernment of God, yeah. you are not going to deal with the person that yeah. is standing in front of you yeah. spewing yeah. out vile words yeah. in your mouth. But you are saying, what is the spirit behind this thing? Yeah. Let me fight that thing yeah. so that it will never arise again. Yeah. When Joshua is fighting, Yes. He's not fighting what is in front of him. Yeah. He's yes. fighting every other enemy yes. that may have an agenda yes. to form an illegal alliance. Yes. Every enemy yes. that is yes. trying to find yes. an illegal yes. alliance against you. God is showing up. Yes. Yes. May the Lord show up on your behalf. Yes. Yes. Come on. 
and change it completely. This is what happens when God steps out of eternity into time. God was settling a battle. The Bible says all those that the Israelites didn't kill and that fled, God sent storms from heaven to fight. Hey, they thought they were getting away from you. God's fighting on your behalf. Hallelujah. God's fighting on your behalf. You see, you don't believe it. I know there's some enemies that are coming. Yeah. But God's dealing with them. Yes. Yes. There's some people that are saying some stuff. Yes. God's dealing with them. Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to come to my hearing. Yes. It doesn't have to come into my space. Yes. It doesn't have to influence my spirit. Yes. Yes. Isn't that exciting? Yes. yes. Battle is the Lord. Yes. Amen. Amen. The victory is yours. Amen. Amen. Yes. Because if you have to hear every nonsense yeah. that people say, yes. Yes. you won't get up from bed in the morning. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, Jesus, this is enough. You know, I'm not going to make it anymore. Amen. Yeah. He deals with this. The Lord is vanquishing your enemies. Yeah. And why is He doing it? So that you can fulfill your kingdom assignment. Yeah. As you fulfill kingdom assignment, all of heaven's resources are available or are at your disposal. Hezekiah, 2 Kings, and I'm closing here. Hezekiah, 2 Kings, chapter 20, verse 5. Hezekiah, sick, almost near death. And he goes... He sends a word to Isaiah, the prophet. And he asks the question, will the Lord heal me? And the Lord says, in the third day he will heal him. And God is going to add 15 years. You can go read it. Yeah. God says, I'll add 15 years to your life. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a word. <laughs> Imagine, the man is sick unto death. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's going to add 15 years. 15 years. Look at where you were 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know how much you can do in 15 years? Amen. Hey! <laughs> 15 years. Some of you are 15 years and you're saying, ah, 15 years. <laughs> you're going to be married in 15 years. Amen. Some of you, the children that are worrying you now, 15 years! <laughs> you can be walking, you can get them to clean. 15 years. If they didn't start school, at least you'll be no more paying school fees. 15 years! Maybe out of university. All your money becomes your own. 15 years. It's good on the other side. I can tell you. It's good on the other side. When you're not paying school fees, it's good. You can have one more burger. You can afford to eat out. Amen. For everyone that's going through it right now, paying school fees and university and whatever, we're praying for you. But I'm here to tell you, it's going to get better. Amen. Some of you are saying 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> he just 
Hezekiah gets a word from the Lord. He adds 15 years to his life. And now Hezekiah says, how am I going to know it? The Lord has to give me a sign. The Lord said to him, in three days, you're going to get out of the sickness that is in your bed, and you're going to add 15 years to your life. I mean, he could have just taken the word. Yeah. Yeah. He said, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. He said, no, I need a sign. So Isaiah says, what, what sign do you want? Do you want the Lord to move time forward? He said, no, no, 15 years, you're going to stay. We move forward. I lose time. I want my own 15 years. He says, may the Lord move time back 10 degrees. You know, they worked on the sundial, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about moving the sundial back 10 degrees, it means moving time mm -hmm. back. He says, listen, if the Lord does this, I know it's a sign. And the Lord caused time to move back. Amen. How many of you are saying, Lord, move back the time? Yes, oh. yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hezekiah, 15 years and plus. Because God moved the time 10 yeah. degrees. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm saying to you, God out of eternity can step into yeah. earth realm mm -hmm. and influence time. Amen. So when I tell you time is in his hands. Yeah. Yes. Our days may be numbered. Yeah. Yeah. But God can even move on the events of mankind. Yeah. Yeah. To influence time. Live with a perspective of time from eternity. Yes. It will inform your choices, your decisions. It will in, 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 inform your motivations, your actions. It will inform every on how you live every part of your life. Let's just bow our heads together. May the Lord add to your life. Amen. Because you walk faithfully before the Lord. May their faithfulness, may God add to you. This is what Psalm 91 says. You can put that back. Psalm 91 says, To those that love you, you said with long life you will satisfy them. Yes, yes and show them your salvation. Yes. But I'm asking you, the challenge today is redeem the time. Mm -hmm. Amen. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your sons and for your daughters. We thank you for, your, for their lives. I pray today that you are moving on their behalf. That you are showing up on their behalf. That you are manifesting your power, your presence, and your spirit in their lives. Thank you, God, that you are shifting our perspective. You are shifting our priorities, Lord. That you are fulfilling purpose in our lives. That every move of God in the lives of man is to ensure that the assignment, the mandate, is fulfilled. Every interaction of God with mankind is to ensure that the purposes of God will be fulfilled. So bless your sons and daughters. Help us to be true to the heavenly vision.
Help us to have the eyes to be able to see in the spirit dimension. And so today we call those things that are not as though they were. We speak, O oh God, of our lives. And we say, Lord, show up. Father, for everyone that is in a point of indecision, indecision, for everyone that is in a point of confusion, for everyone that has formed, felt like they've lost their way, Lord, you show up. You manifest yourself. Speak to them, Lord. This we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.